What's up, everybody? How's it going out there in the internet wrestling community land and all over the world? It is me. It is me. The big old Stevie C kicking it with you, looking as only I can look, rocking. The sports team is from the greatest state in the greatest country, in the greatest world, in the greatest universe, in the greatest multiverse. I know Ohio State took a little bit of an L yesterday, but we'll bounce back. Somebody pointed out that the last time the Ohio State Buckeyes lost their second game of the season to a big opponent, uh, we ended up winning the national championship. So it's all gravy, baby. Got some things to iron out, got some things to work on, but I'm not here to talk football. Oh, no, even though this team right here is going to make up for the loss for the state of Ohio this weekend. I'm here to talk about the greatest sport in the world, professional wrestling. It is me, your host, the big old Stevie C, kicking it with you on the Heel and Face podcast, my podcast, a podcast dedicated to news, information, and commentary about the world of professional wrestling brought to you by Heel Turn Wrestling. So don't have a lot as far as content goes. We'll briefly touch on AEW Dynamite, the show that has reinvigorated AEW and professional wrestling in at least North America, if not all over the world. It's just so much amazing stuff to discuss, so much fun to have. I don't think I've ever had a hobby that was just so in-depth before. I've done different things. Like I've done model cars when I was little. I had pet fish. I've had a ton of different hobbies. I think nothing, nothing other than reading, like other than literature, you know, being an English teacher and all, for me has garnered this much discussion and this much analysis of anything I've ever done in my life in the world of professional wrestling now, especially in a transitional era where, let's be honest, there are people who are trying to define it or redefine what professional wrestling is and isn't. And whether you're a sports entertainer or you're an artiste, whatever you're, what's going on, it's taking professional wrestling into a weird space that's going to be probably refined and navigated over the next 50 years, probably when I'm gone. So we're definitely in a transitional time about who is good, who is not, who is seen as the best, and who isn't. And one person that has been very controversial, yet appears for the second time as ranked number one by Pro Wrestling Illustrated's annual PWI 500 ranking system, is the AEW heavyweight champion, the cleaner, the former belt collector, Kenny Omega. Omega earns his second number one ranking in three years. The first time he was ranked this high was 2018, and he has achieved this by virtue of becoming not only the AEW champion and holding on to that championship for a very lengthy amount of time, but he has also in that time become a, uh, Impact Wrestling's dual champion and Triple A's champion as well. 
So undeniably, whatever you feel about Kenny Omega personally, whether you like his style or is not, or you don't, the fact of the matter is that he does deserve this ranking. And I know I hesitated, which sounds like I'm a uh, Kenny Omega hater. I'm not a Kenny Omega hater. I'm not a Kenny Omega liker. I think, as I've said before on this podcast, that many of the things that he does, many of the things that he does in the ring uh, have been exposed by working outside of Japan. I feel like that he oversells. I feel like a lot of his offense doesn't look all that great. And, and I think that he has no psychology into his matches. I know some of you would definitely argue with me that he does, in fact, have great psychology in his matches. That's something that we can debate. What we can't debate is the achievements. And his achievements are all of those championships within the span of, what, three or four months he just recently lost the Impact Championships to uh, Christian Cage. And he also, I believe he is still AAA champion. So he's still got the two belts. And I wonder why it was decided that not only Impact lose the belt or gain it back or whatever you want to call it with Christian Cage, or the fact that they just figured that this whole belt collecting thing wasn't going to go anywhere, especially with uh, Trevor Murdoch, fan favorite, winning the NWA belt. And with Ring of Honor and the belt situation, and I'm going to be honest with you, I still don't know who the Ring of Honor champion is right now, and I'm a little embarrassed that I don't. Because Ring of Honor still has a soft spot in my heart. I actually did watch a little bit of Ring of Honor recently, but not enough to report about. So there's that. Now, if you want to look at the remaining top five, and you can see that the top five, again, this is basically whatever euphemism you want to use, according to Hoyle, uh, chalked in, as they say, in March Madness, uh, whatever you want to call it, there shouldn't be any surprises. There's no big movers and shakers within the top 10 or honestly in the top 20. You can go ahead and you can do your own research and you can look it up on your own. And as a matter of fact, I'm feeling frisky and I think that I'm going to have another secret five count on uh, the streaming services. So I'll probably do a couple of secret five counts, looking more in depth at the PWI 500, kind of doing my thing there. And if you're not familiar with the three counts, I just do a little bit, a little three minute podcast on pro wrestling. And I pick three things that are happening in the news that I didn't discuss on the podcast and talk about it. So I may do a couple secret PWI 500s because I didn't do it last year like I wanted to. But if you look at the list, Roman Reigns, of course, the universal champion, the head of the table, acknowledge him. Uh, solid number two, Bobby Lashley even, solid number three, didn't do anything to uh, lose the belt or lose face, tuck on all comers, uh, despite the fact that they broke up the Hurt Business prematurely. 
Drew McIntyre out there grinding. I know he's getting lost in the shuffle because of all the names that they're bringing in and they're restructuring and whatnot and all the mess that's going on there. But at least Drew McIntyre is shining and they gave him a little bit of props, um, probably residually from last year because I'm not mistaken, Drew's number one last year. Uh, so they're still giving him props for hanging on despite uh, losing the belt and hardships. And uh, Kota Ibushi, again, no surprise there, finally was able to uh, capture the IWGP heavyweight championship belt despite having severe health issues, injury-plagued issues throughout the end of last year and the beginning of this year. And he was able to unify, to everybody's sadness and dismay, the IWGP heavyweight and intercontinental belt. So I don't think there's another intercontinental belt, which is sad. They need one. But uh, Kota Ibushi became double champ, and I think they merged the championships. Well, anyway, so there you go. So, again, no surprise for Kota Ibushi. Um, and you you can see the others. Go ahead and research it for your own. You can also check out. Uh, the Heel and Face podcast three count. I'll go a little bit more in depth uh, at a later time. But again, props to the current AEW champion, the cleaner, Kenny Omega, for earning his second spot as PWI 500's overall number one ranked wrestler in the world. And this is coming a long way from a guy who honestly uh, was... Uh, given a couple of different tryouts with WWE, was offered different contracts and turned them down. Um, and uh, for a guy who was basically berated by Harley Race, some would say rightly so, while training. And it can clearly tell maybe he just doesn't fit certain styles and certain styles he's really great in. Maybe he doesn't fit the WWE style. Maybe he realized what kind of monster factory was coming out of the WWE. And we've discussed openly before on this program that WWE is no longer the destination or the goal for uh, professional wrestlers. There were some even, and we'll talk a little bit later about them, but even, you know, God bless them for Adam Cole and for uh, Brian Danielson in their uh, all-out press conferences sitting there with Tony Khan to say that they like Vince a lot and they don't have any hard feelings. They just had different directions for their careers and what they wanted to do. Give them credit. Those guys were very cool on their way out as far as their quote unquote exit interviews. But they could see that the writing was on the wall. Hearing the no midgets clause, hearing the rumors about restructuring NXT and whatnot, I'm sure they beat feet out of there because there's nowhere else really for them to go and become superstars. And I'll get into the rumors about Adam Cole later as we talk about them. But one of uh, Adam Cole's favorites to work with, one of the guys who really brought some kind of respectability back in fans' eyes to WWE, suffered a pretty serious surgery 
recently and a guy who has done a lot for pro wrestling, especially a lot for WWE, but is really, really just having a hard time with it is Triple H. And Triple H recently went under the knife for a successful heart correction surgery. Now, the WWE put out a statement and they said that this is a routine genetic surgery that they just discovered with Triple H. He has a genetic defect that, you know, can't be, I guess, uh, I, I guess it couldn't be helped and he needed it and he just went under now and everything's fine. He's fine. Situation normal. How are you? It's okay. Here's the problem is that I cannot, and I am going to probably get destroyed by a lot of you on the internet. I'm going to get destroyed by a lot of you uh, in the community because I've already heard people say crazy things. But I, I cannot help but think that this has in at least one way, at least a small way, been exacerbated by working with Vince and Vince and Bruce basically coming in and destroying NXT. And I know what you're saying out there because I've already heard the criticism. If you're going to say that Triple H is going under heart surgery because Vince McMahon is killing him and you're a jerk, and you're not taking this serious, blah, 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 blah. And you can go F yourself if you're trying to make a joke of this. I'm going to look at you inequivocably into the camera and tell you this without a shred of irony or tongue-in-cheek humor. This job is killing Triple H. And I don't think that this is a coincidence and I also don't want to belittle any of this. This isn't a joke. I'm not joking about this. I'm deadly serious in this take. I'm absolutely 100% deadly serious about this take. And if you think I'm funny, I did actually do some research. That's right, kids. I did some research on uh, genetic heart disorders and there are a few that, of course, are completely genetic, right? Um, there's uh, uh, enlarged heart. You can have the, the walls of your heart are too thin and not pumping regularly, causing your blood pressure to go down. Um, you can have an irregular heartbeat where the muscle isn't firing. And out of all of the arrhythmias and out of all of the disorders that you can have, there is one that is caused by or can be exacerbated by uh, stress at work or stress in your personal life. So... Don't tell me, and I'm trying to remember uh, which exactly which one it is, but uh, I'm trying to get my search history going. But don't don't tell me that uh, it's not completely uh, 
outside the realm of possibility that uh, Triple H is being burdened by the idiocy going on by his father-in-law and yet help impotent and unable uh, to do anything. You start your own business. You tell your father, your mother, hey, I don't want to do this. I want to do this. And they say, well, you can't leave. And you've got these commitments and we're, we're all part of a family, damn it, and all that kind of stuff. So you try to make chicken uh, salad out of chicken crap. And you take something awesome and make it even better, okay? And you work so hard. You put through your blood, sweat, and tears. And you contact guys from U the UK, the hottest uh place in the world other than Australia for professional wrestling. And then you go and you seek out these talents and you make the connections with Japan and you make the connections with all these other scenes and you get all the best talent, right? And, and you're the one that builds this thing up and you hand this, this creation on a silver platter and you say, look at all the work I've done. And your parents say, Oh, it's not good enough or we're, we're not changing. We're not going with it. You don't tell me that that gives you not going to give you stress. You're not going to tell me that that is not going to give you a heart attack or that's not going to give you um, some type of issues. Come on. Come on. No one cares more about this business than Triple H. You may disagree with his tactics. You may disagree with how he got up in the WWE, you know, standing next to the guy who's the guy who draws. That's Triple H's biggest criticism as a talent, that he was always standing around, you know, uh, Shawn Michaels, Ric Flair, Randy Orton even – that he was always in close proximity to guys, but always done everything because he loves professional wrestling. He always does everything because he loves the business. He's a student of professional wrestling. He's been in it for a long time. He's fans of Harley Race. He's fans of NWA, he's fans of old school wrestling. He loves Ric Flair dearly. You can criticize Triple H all you want as far as manipulating, getting into the family by marrying into the family and do all that. But for all of that, all the criticism, the things that he's done to positively contribute to professional wrestling, I think are undervalued and underappreciated and undercredited. I think that NXT was a great idea. It was a fantastic idea that, let's be honest, because Vince didn't create it, he gets jealous of it, just like everything else. He was jealous of everything that went on when he was trying to bring WWE up, so he destroyed it. He was jealous of Crockett Promotions. He was jealous of Vern Gagne having Hulk Hogan, so what did he do? He basically stole Hulk Hogan. Vince McMahon has a pattern of being jealous of things that he doesn't create, so he destroys it. And NXT is no different, and Triple H is now the victim. So if you're going to tell me that there isn't in the realm of possibility that the stress of the job, the stress of building something up 
proving to your father-in-law that you can do something and have it basically get destroyed by him and his coffee-drinking, steak-eating buddy, Bruce Pritchard, then then you're crazy. You're not you're, you're, you're not even at least offering it as a possibility. Like I said, the four major genetic heart defects, heart disorders, out of the four of them, the rhythmias and whatnot, one of them can be exacerbated by physical and emotional stress. So whichever one Triple H has, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a doctor, but I cannot, with doing the research that I did, come to the conclusion that this did not in any way affect Triple H at all to the point where he had to actually have open heart surgery as physically fit and as capable and as mentally uh, stable as this dude is. So again, hate my take, don't hate my take. Agree with me, disagree with me. Comment below if you agree or disagree with that statement. Let me know on the Facebook page on Heel Turn Wrestling or on the Heel and Face podcast, which by the way, if you wanna follow me on all of my uh, social medias, you can. You can follow me on anywhere, social media. You can follow me on Twitter, obviously, with my Twitter handle, Heel and Face Pod. You can follow me on Minds, Locals. I'm going to be exploring a lot of different social media sites, uh, not just this one. I still haven't gotten on YouTube. I don't know. The market's kind of saturated on YouTube. Maybe some other decentralized video sharing platforms I might be looking at. So who knows? But you anywhere you go, you can follow me on Heal and Face Pod. I do want to let you know on Minds, um, there is an opportunity for you to support the show. So if you're feeling frisky and you'd love to support the show, just basically uh, start liking and upvoting me there and uh, I can make money there uh, as well as hopefully someday be able to uh, make a little bit of money on here on Facebook too. We are going to take a slight break. Speaking of making money, just take a quick break. Plus, I'm going to be able to get a little bit drinky water, a little drinky drinky. And when I come back, we will talk about those wrestlers that did agree with Triple H, that did buy what he was selling and did feel like they had a great run in AEW or WWE. Oops. WWE until the Big Bang and the shots were fired and Jacksonville was lit and blah, blah, blah. So we'll get to that uh, in a brief break. Stick around. We'll be right back with the Heel and Face podcast, a podcast dedicated to news, information, and commentary about the world of professional wrestling. Brought to you by Heel Turn Wrestling. All right. Well, we're back. Thanks for joining us here on the Heel and Face podcast brought to you by Heel Turn Wrestling. And before I went, oop. Hey, all right. Welcome back to the Heel and Face podcast, a podcast dedicated to the world of professional wrestling. Brought to you by Heel Turn Wrestling. And before the break, I did mention that I like to start making a little bit of money off this thing. I've been doing this thing for a minute, 126 of them now to be exact. And uh, we did talk about, uh, you know, wanting to go farther and, and, 
and go bigger with the podcast. So, as you know, you can join me on all my other social media platforms. If you don't have time, or if you're busy watching other things or doing other things, or if you want something to listen to on the drive home, then you can definitely search my podcast on all major podcast streaming services. So go there and find me. I'm on Apple. I'm on Spotify. I'm on Spreaker, I think. I'm on a lot of different places. So come check me out. And definitely give me the monies because I need that. But also, don't just give me the monies there. You know, touring is out. Everybody's touring now. Everybody's going back to shows, even though the uh, Epsilon Omicron variant is coming out. But we're going back to shows and we're being careful. And the thing we're going to do is we're going to start showing up. We're going to show up flossed out. We're going to show up dripping. We're going to show up with the latest gear. And why would you not show up? and rep your brand by repping our brand prowrestlingtees.com is the place for you to go to rep heel turn wrestling man i'm telling you uh it's high quality stuff as you know you probably already have gear from your favorite professional wrestlers why not have your favorite gear from your favorite fan oriented fan driven sports and entertainment website on Facebook, why wouldn't you? You would definitely want to go and you want to rep us, man. You want to represent heel turn wrestling. Look at that beautiful classic black heel turn wrestling t-shirt with the logo handsomely emblazoned on front. But you can also get Billy Alexander, the face that runs the place. The franchise takes five podcasts. You can go down and take a look at Alcoholic Adam and his blog where he fantasy rebooks title runs and heel turns. He had a brilliant heel turn of John Cena that was so subtle I didn't even see it coming. So go check that out on his blog page on Minutes to Bell Time. But you can also, again, if I may say so myself, if you want the flyest, most moist, t-shirt outside of America's Moist Wanted. I know they broke up. Then you can grab my t-shirt, the Healing Face Podcast. Look at that clean. Ignore the wrinkles. They just wanted to, to show you the dimensions and what the shirt looks like in different shades or whatever. But look at it. It's just clean white, baby. And it has the Healing Face logo uh, firmly ensconced in front. So all your friends know that you listen to the most fun and interactive, informative podcast on Facebook and other places. So go to prowrestlingtees.com backslash heel turn wrestling. That's prowrestlingtees.com backslash heel turn wrestling to get all of our latest merch. You'll be glad you did. So a lot of merch is selling through the roof on Pro Wrestling Tees. A lot of guys who are uh, breaking the, the bank. Uh, currently, the most popular Pro Wrestling Tees tee is CM Punk's. And I'm sure Daniel Bryan's is very close behind. Although, I don't know if his brand is hemp-based. I know his t-shirts were hemp-based in WWE. And as far as everything's concerned, as far as that goes, you want to criticize WWE for being too corporate or for Daniel Bryan not fitting or not being part of uh, the the corporate uh, machine there. 
Um, what other wrestler has an all natural 100% vegan hemp based t-shirt? Daniel Bryan. So, you know, he made it work and I'm sure others will too, but I'm sure pro wrestling tees because now that they have an exclusive deal with AEW are, um, completely blowing up. So, uh, these guys are just showing up all over the place, not just on ProWrestlingTees.com with brand new t-shirts like Adam Cole and Ruby Soho, but they have obviously showed up on AEW Dynamite itself. That's right. So this was a continuation of uh, All Out. We know that Adam Cole was there we know uh brian danielson i don't know if he's going to go by the american dragon or not but he debuted and ruby soho obviously those are the three that debuted those are the three that you know we already kind of talked about last week but the one shocker was murder grandpa himself minoru suzuki challenged john moxley almost immediately after john moxley defeated uh suzuki's best friend uh, and, and his name escapes me. But anyway, so you've got all of these characters, all of these wrestlers, three of them recently released or uh, did not re-sign with WWE. And then you've got Minoru Suzuki, who uh, is a fan favorite over here in the States. He's here more frequently than I thought he would have been or ever was. But he does a lot of obviously death matches, and for and he, yeah, I guess he's enjoying his retirement uh, because he's still going and he's in his fifties and still murdering everybody. Uh, he does a lot of shots for uh, Game Changer. He does a lot of shots. Well, now he's going to be uh, working a lot with apparently um, uh, NJPW Strong. And it's always fun to see. He's not one of those veterans that people want to retire. Like he's one of the veterans that people uh, want to see around. So this is going to be very interesting. John Moxley has somebody that he's going to fight now. Murder Grandpa. And it's going to be okay. AEW is positioning themselves to be in a very good position What's the fallout, though? I am very hesitant to tell people that AEW is one and it's no longer uh, a, a race anymore. The AEW is on top that it's like WCW level of we're not going to see 83 weeks. Uh, as everybody's favorite person to hate, Disco Inferno says, how are you going to retain one-fourth of your audience next week? Despite that, though, Dynamite that day did post uh, 1.3 million viewers. So they're doing something right, and they did the right thing at the right time by bringing the right people back at the right time. I don't know what the fallout is going to be, I wonder, 
I'm interested. Now you have my curiosity again. I'm going to admit that I am going to be paying more attention to AEW than I have in the recent past. I may give them another shot, but again, the ramifications are going to be that some people just, I don't know, unless it really is literally an unlimited checkbook, I don't know if Tony Khan is going to get rid of people. Uh, they should. Um, they should do some addition by subtraction. Honestly, no slight against a lot of those guys, but I would say if I had to walk in and, and book and look at who's on the roster and look at what's going on and find direction and reset some things, first thing I would do, I would just flatly get rid of over half of the Dark Order. I'd, as a matter of fact, I'd get rid of the entire Dark Order or I would just take them off TV and then I would, uh, then I would introduce uh, Wyatt Rotundo or Wyatt. How about this, Wyatt Roundtree? Okay, Rotund Round Wyatt Ryan, Wyatt Roundtree. They found him lurking in the swamps of Jacksonville. Build that story up. And then he would he would become the dark or the leader of the dark order, and he said he would have a vision, a vision from the great one, Brody Lee, on you know blah blah. And you could tie that all in, and you could say you know, but you, you know I could totally write this. I'm not giving away any of my ideas because I don't want anybody listening to me. But you know, hey, I got some ideas on what I would do, how I would book it. Anyway, I would bring in. Uh, Wyatt Roundtree, and I would make him the new leader of the Dark Order, and I would sacrifice Cole Cabana. That's the first thing I would do. Poor Cole Cabana. I'm sorry, dude. You'd be sacrificed. We would uh, hang you upside down by your feet, and we'd punch you until you pass out. I don't know what we'd do. We'd do something crazy, uh, but we'd do it. Um, nothing offensive, by the way. No, no lynchings or anything like that, but we would do something. Uh, as far as everybody else, if I was booking, I would just I'm, I'm sorry. Like I have Adam Cole now. I don't need Joey Janela. Yes, I don't like Joey Janela. Yes, I have a thing against Joey Janela. Too bad. So sad. Goodbye. You're done. Um, I would probably also get rid of a lot of people that I'm just not using. When's the last time Sunny Kiss was on? Again, I have. I don't watch Dark and I don't watch Elevation. I don't watch any of the YouTube stuff. So they might be killing it on there, right? But as far as these guys who got some people in for uh, as far as the uh, the inside joke of the smart marks that watch AEW, the fan favorites that only appeal to like 2% of the audience, I can get rid of them all. Just get rid of them all. Anybody who's not on AEW Dynamite or um, Rampage is off is, is done with the company. I'm sorry if that hurts your feelings. I'm sorry if you can't, you know, stick around and catering and whatnot, but that's what's happening. Uh, probably also cut about half of the women's roster cause they're terrible anyway. Um, and I would basically build around what they're going to do anyway. So the one smart thing is they're probably going to build a whole program between Britt Baker and Ruby Soho. And we'll get to that in a minute. AEW, I'm not saying it's back. I'm saying that my eyes are now focused on it. And with the really, really good 
CM Punk versus Darby Allen match at All Out, and the fact that a guy who was out of the ring for seven years and a uh, another guy whose shtick so far, his gimmick so far as uh, he likes turtles and he's skateboarder and he will dive off of a seven-story building for your entertainment. The fact that they put on both put on such a great clinic, such a great opening match for uh, for a comeback and whatnot for a major pay per view should be embarrassing to a lot of the talent backstage. But I'm sure there was a lot of talent backstage who were glued to the TV watching because CM Punk was back. Because as Jim Cornette likes to say, uh, the the marks are actually in the back. And the smarts are in the seats, especially with the AEW crowd. That being said, you've got CM Punk who knows what he's doing and he's not going to fall into bull crap, even though there's there's a fear of that with this new feud that he's going to start up. Uh, you've got uh, uh, Brian Danielson who will do anything for wrestling. Which is really ironic, again, because let me bring up, out of all three people who had the, who you predicted in 2006 to have a successful career in WWE, Cole Cabana, Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan, and CM Punk, the one who had the longest, most successful career by far in WWE out of those three was Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson. So go figure. So he'll do anything. He'll do any goofy thing. Although I did like what he said in his press conference. He said, you know, Punk came here and he was all nice and he was all affable and he wanted to work with everybody. Now he wants to work with the young kids. And I said, no, I don't want to work with the young kids. I want to kick him in the effing face. That was hilarious. And uh, that was cool. And at least Daniel O'Brien gets it. And he's not going to do anything. Hopefully not do anything stupid. Looks like there's tension between him and being the elite. I'm sure there is from PWG days. And the only one that remembers is probably me and Excalibur because no one else remembers. I'm just going to leave it at that. So I'm actually kind of looking forward to the direction that AEW is going to go. I get it. You got to get rid of some people. You got to get rid of some talent. Some people are hanging around. You pretty much have to get rid of everybody in ele on Elevation and on Dark. Other than that, you've got some great avenues. You've got some uh, great places to go as far as uh, what you uh, you know what 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 the next year or so could bring for AEW. I didn't have time to prepare this, but I'll just go ahead and, and bring it out there because this is kind of broke while I was putting the show together. Adam Cole, this is what was rumored, uh, probably just looked Bruce Pritchard in the eye after this and said, please, no, thank you. Don't say another word. If you say anything like, let me explain or give me a second, I'm just going to turn and walk away and walk of Vince's office and tell him thanks, but no thanks. It was great working for you and walk out. Because if I was Adam Cole and I heard this, I would have done that. 
apparently there's been the rumor that Keith Lee is going to turn heel because they don't know what to do with him. And, and he's barely working back through his illness anyway. We discussed that before on like about a month ago on the podcast. The idea was Bruce Pritchard floated to Adam Cole and Vince was that Adam Cole was going to come in as a heel manager for Keith Lee. You got that right. He was going to be Keith Lee's manager. And not only was he going to be Keith Lee's manager, but he was also going to come in and he was going to have a brand new name. You got that right, kids. Because Bruce Pritchard and Adam uh, and uh, Vince McMahon apparently didn't want people thinking that Adam Cole and Michael Cole were related, despite the fact that Adam Cole's name, even though it's you know his real name's Austin Jenkins, and we know that Adam Cole picked this name years and years and years ago before uh, he was even on uh, WWE's radar. And the fact that Michael Cole isn't even Michael Cole's name. But no, they'll be fix on it, fix, fixated on if they're related. Now, those of us on the internet, in the internet wrestling community, we know that we have joked about that for quite some time. I didn't actually think that Bruce Pritchard actually listened to us being silly. But apparently, he's convinced that we would think that Adam Cole is related to Michael Cole. I don't even think Michael Cole's kids are as old as Adam Cole is. And Michael Cole's kids, I think, are pretty old. But anyway. So the rumor was that not only were they going to change Adam Cole's persona and Adam Cole's name, they were also going to put him with Keith Lee and have him be Keith Lee's heel manager, a la Leo Rush. And we all know how well that went when Leo Rush was Bobby Lashley's manager. I would have turned tail and run too. I would have been like, is that the best you can offer me? And I did, last week or so, I did pitch, if I was Adam Cole, what would I have said to Vince McMahon? I've already said that. You can go back and look uh, in the archives, go back to past shows, and you can find out what I said. But honestly, who could blame Adam Cole for leaving? You know you're never going to get far. You know there's the rumor about uh, the, the midgets out there, so you'll never even have a shot. And the only way Bruce could try to rationalize you to Vince, who put over Shawn Michaels, who put over Bret Hart, who put over Chris Jericho, who put over all of these quote-unquote small guys in the past with great success, you're going to convince Vince that the this guy should be a manager and Vince has already said he doesn't like managers anyway. And then on on the other end of it, uh, you're gonna try to convince Adam Cole, a guy who has meticulously orchestrated his career to look a certain way. He's meticulously orchestrated how he goes about his business in the ring, constant professional, one of the best athletes, one of the best wrestlers on the planet. His only crime is that he is not 6'3", 250 pounds. So you know what? I'm glad Adam Cole left because I would have. 
I would have completely walked out too. And despite all that, both he and Brian Danielson had nice things to say about Vince. So you can't make it any any worse. And and I even think, and I maybe I'm dreaming. Someone can correct me on this. But didn't Tony Khan even say he didn't necessarily want any wrestlers that had bad relationships with Vince and vice versa because it doesn't make for a, a good work environment? Something like that. I don't know. He said, you know, don't crap on your former employee, which you should never really crap on your former employer until it got so bad. Like with me, it took me three or four years to actually really come out and say what I felt about my former employer, my former place uh, where I taught, the school district where I taught in. It took me a long time to actually come out and, and, and really criticize them, uh, which I'm doing now with a plum because I love my new job. My new nine to five gimmick, so to speak, eight to four fifteen. I like the fact that he's encouraging the wrestlers not to completely bury Vince on their way out or have bad exit interviews just because it's not good for anything. It's not good for you to belittle your employer, uh, especially when you've immediately gotten a job somewhere else that you hopefully will be happy in. The issues. Adam Cole is a superstar and a stud on his own. He doesn't need to be part of the elite, even though he got kissed by both the young bucks. And, uh, you know, by the way, uh, Kenny Omega's playing with fire. Look, uh, I know I don't delve a lot into the religion thing here. You believe what you believe. And I understand that there's a lot of people who, uh, you know, don't believe in God. I'm not naive and I'm not here to preach. But I am here to say that, you know, Kenny Omega is messing around. I've seen something to where he was, you know, doing using black magic, praying to Jesus to resurrect Adam Cole and all that. And even Adam Cole kind of walked out. And that could be funny and cute. Okay, whatever. Um, you know, you don't take God seriously, whatever. That's your business. But you just just, just be um, just be cautious, okay? Just be careful with some of the stuff that you're doing out there. And that's all I'm going to say on that. So Adam Cole was resurrected, and now he's back. I do not want him immediately going with being the elite. I do not want him directly going with the Young Bucks or with uh, any of that, too. I know people were talking about speculating different factions. There is a rumor that Kevin Owens's uh, contract with WWE is almost up up sooner than anybody thought and he has been cryptically tweeting things that he deleted which don't don't tweet it anyway because if you know it's something that's going to piss somebody off why delete why why post it in the first place like and i'm not wait let me clarify this is a freedom of speech issue you live in america you can tweet whatever you want you shouldn't be criticized or you shouldn't be um canceled for it but you also should be very judicious because you're not free from uh consequences and you know how petty and vindictive wwe is so when you tweet the coordinates for jacksonville when you see adam cole sign there and then when you change your twitter bio to say almost there Kevin Owens, man, we get it. You want to join your friends in All Elite Wrestling because everybody wants to join their friends in All Elite Wrestling. Don't make it so incredibly obvious and so painfully easy for Vince McMahon to do it either. I don't know if you're being funny. I don't know a joke. I don't know if you're, you really are unhappy with WWE and whatnot and you just want to do the thing, and that's fine. 
Uh, Tony Khan has got an open checkbook, so he'll pay you whatever. Uh, just be very judicious. Just be very careful not to be crapping in your bed. Other fallouts, and we'll just get to real quick with a brief AEW recap. And yes, I do know that things happened on Rampage. I just don't have that kind of time to follow it, particularly right now. I do know that a little boy got whacked uh, by Andrade, and uh, he went over to check on him, and that was cute. Um, just the big moments from AEW Rampage that do kind of have some uh, legitimacy to what legitimacy to what I'm about. So Daniel Bryan has Bryan Danielson has l- seemingly opposed himself from being the elite. Uh, Adam Cole's out there uh, seemingly allying himself with being the elite. CM Punk getting all touchy feely and saying thanking Sting and thanking Darby Allen for the match and it was and he can't wait to take on everybody else and all of a sudden Taz interrupts and says to get. Team Taz out of your mouth and Punk says, I never talked about you guys. And so then Taz says, I heard you on the radio. Okay, cool. Bibbidi bobbidi boob. CM Punk says, uh, you can bring your you can come down on the ring, you can bring Hobbs, you can bring uh, Cage, you can bring everybody, Starks, you bring everybody down. Uh beat me if I can, survive if I let you. That was hilarious. And then off and running they go. Um, only other notable things that I want to talk about because I know we're running out of time is that uh, you know Ruby Soho makes her debut. She's getting interviewed by uh, Tony Schiavone and gets interrupted by Britt Baker. Uh, Ruby Soho made the comment that she broke Britt into the business. And Britt Baker had a great come a comeback. She said, why don't you go back to catering where you were for the last four years of your life? I think that was pretty funny. Um, Dan Lambert cuts another beautifully awkward promo uh, trying to convince us that Scorpio Sky and all ego Ethan Page are the caliber of athlete that can train with top team and also trying to convince us that junior dos Santos and, uh, and uh, Andrew and Andre Arlovsky are going to be good wrestlers. Who knows? I mean, who cares? You know, it's wide open now, baby. It's everything to everybody, baby. But I, I that would be funny to see them actually in the ring. I'd like to see junior dos Santos kick somebody for real. And, and uh, then everybody look and go, Oh crap. That was supposed to be, um, snug, not real life, and someone's dead. So there you go. That'll be fun to watch. Um, I don't know how much steam MJF has left with this whole thing with Chris Jericho. They're trying to reestablish him as the top hated heel. Wardlow comes out with him. He cuts a promo on Cincinnati, which is kind of hilarious because Cincinnati is kind of mid- I'm going to keep it real. Uh, I know he said the whole Midwest, but, you know, forget him. Uh, We don't really count Cincinnati uh, in Ohio as the Midwest. We count it more like northern Kentucky. Uh, So, of course, the hero of Cincinnati, not John Moxley, although he was rocking a Cyclones T-shirt or whatever. Um, Brian Pillman comes up and he's like, welcome to the jungle. And comes out and that was pretty cool. 
So hopefully this is the kind of rub that Brian Pillman Jr. is going to get by fighting the, hopefully one of the top heels in the company. Again, I don't know much, how much swing or how much stroke MJF still has left, but we will see. Um, you know, uh, later on in the in the night, Ruby Soho took on Jamie Hayter, and uh, who uh, was accompanied by Britt Baker, Rebel, and after the match, when uh, Ruby Soho won, they stomped her, but uh, Rio uh, and uh, Chris Atlander came to Ruby Soho's defense. I really hope they don't put Ruby Soho with a faction. I hope they let her stand out. I hope they just give her friends, but let her stand out and really just build this between her and Britt. And I would like to see, this is a hot shot at title I'd like to see, because if anything, AEW Women's Division has to try to gain some steam as being legitimate. And if we can leave all of the, the half-baked women's Joshi wrestlers from Japan who nobody's heard of, nobody cares about, and botch all the time, and actually give it to professional wrestlers who can actually wrestle um, and, and give Ruby Soho the belt, that'd be great. Thanks, you could do that. Uh, there's a trios match with the Pinnacle and Sean's with the FTR and Sean Spears. Uh, ironically enough, three castaways from the old NXT that nobody really cared about is now uh, about to actually leave AEW. There's lots of rumors swirling about Cash Wheeler and Dax Harwood being very unhappy at how they're being booked in AEW. Join the club. Brian Cage is in that club as well. He and Maria Santos have said very openly how they are not happy with how they're being booked, or how uh, Brian Cage is being booked in AEW, and I don't blame him. He should have been an over-monster and a beast. He should have been AEW champion already, and he's not, but, you know, okay. what are we going to do? So we get down to it. The elite to the stage, and they bring out Adam Cole and whatnot. Um, then they invited uh, Brian Danielson into the ring, and uh, Brian Danielson says to Kenny Omega, "You're afraid of me. I think you're afraid to take this because you know I'm better than you. And I'll kick your head in, and you're not on my level." The you know, crowd goes, "Ooh." Um, and then uh, Brian Danielson caught Omega with a submission hold, and they just stomped uh, Danielson until the Elite Hunter, Jurassic Express, and blah, 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 blah. Cluster, same old thing, you know. They can't just leave the baby face lying in a pool of his own sadness in the ring anymore. It has to be chased off by whoever. And again, fast forward to the main event, doing very, very brief things here. Um, John Moxley and Minoru Suzuki, you know, they, they went at it. They bit each other at the same time. Um, and then John Moxley wins. They're setting him up for, of course, uh, he's got a match in GCW again against Nick Cage. And he's got something going on with New Japan Strong. So is what it is. That's what it was. I wasn't as motivated or involved with AEW's I could or should have been, but I caught enough of it, enough of it to know where at least they think that they might be going, and we shall see. I don't know if I want to do Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson right away with Omega. I might want uh, Bryan Danielson to like beat Miro or beat other guys first, but what do I know? 
I'm just a guy talking wrestling in his basement on a Sunday afternoon. So be that as it may, it looks like we're about out of time for the Heel and Face podcast, the podcast dedicated to news information and commentary about the world of professional wrestling brought to you by Heel Turn Wrestling. But I also, again, want to just bring your attention to the other places that we are or the other places that I are. I am Nationwide Daddy, and I am on all your social media, streaming platforms, mines, locals. I'm going to keep pursuing other ones to start restreaming and, and podcasting from, as well as Facebook, even though I'm here on Facebook, Saturday, Sundays at 5 o'clock. But you could also catch the audio of this podcast on all your favorite podcast streaming platforms as well so catch me out there how about that don't worry about this well actually worry about this i'm sorry read the crawl pro wrestling tees.com backslash shield turn wrestling to buy a t-shirt and most importantly go out and support pro wrestling especially indie wrestling there's a lot of indie shows that are coming up unfortunately i missed one last night because of a scheduling conflict but I hopefully will be able to catch the next one that comes uh, into town locally here in the greater central Ohio area. I want to thank everybody for joining me today. Thank you guys for, again, sticking with us. Stick with us through the hard times. Stick with us through the down times because then that means that you can celebrate with us when we're on top. For Heel Turn Wrestling and for the Heel and Face Podcast, This is your boy. It is me. It is me. The big old Stevie C signing off. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And as always, peace. Peace.